0: You can find out more about my guests' printmaking workshops on the Creativity Found website. Simply visit creativityfound.co.uk slash Coles. Plus, there's a handy link in the show notes.
1: It's just a magical art form and I, and I love it. Absolutely love it. So after that, there was no stopping me. I I just I just kept going. I shall throw this in. It, the um, the Royal Academy Summer Exhibition is a long-term dream of mine. Hi, I'm Claire, founder of Open Stage
0: Arts drama and singing classes for adults. Lots of the adults who come to our classes and online events are looking for a creativity that has been put on the back burner during their sensible grown up years. I have found this to be true among other creatives too. So I've decided to find out more about the painters, photographers, writers, printmakers, actors, crafters, teachers and more who have found or refound their creativity later in life. In this episode I meet Jerry Coles, an Oxfordshire-based Lino cut printmaker. I chatted with Jerry in her conservatory studio, surrounded by her sketches, gouges, inks, plates, rollers and prints hanging up to dry. Let's discover how Jerry Coles found her creativity. Hi, Jerry. Hello. Hi, <laughs> Claire. Hi. Hi. So, your newfound art form is printmaking. It is, yes. Can you tell me
1: briefly what it is you do and how you currently channel your creativity? Okay, so I am a printmaker and my speciality is lino cut. It's something I've found in the last four or five years. Never did it at school. Lots of people tell me now they had a dabble at school but I didn't Um, and the lino cuts I make are floral usually, flowers, animals, trees, birds, that sort of thing very nature based um, and very colourful, I use water based inks but they're big block bold colours and I have fallen in love with the process of, of making, I love the fact that when I make a print I can make several so I have ones that I can then sell if I wish to or give away um, it's just a magical art form and I, and I love it absolutely love it fabulous
0: so as you have just mentioned you discovered this as an adult so yeah. we'll talk more about that later um, were you arty as a child
1: yes yeah I was I, I always liked drawing painting, main, mainly drawing I was always with a pencil in my hand sketching bits and pieces um, and just, just really enjoyed it and I guess the sort of the, the practice of doing it a lot made me better I, I, you know, I, I was sort of notably one of those kids who was reasonably good at drawing and I think I remember my dad um, coming home from work he works in an office um, with a big box of computer paper once the sort of when, when computer paper was a thing with the holes punched down the side and it was all perforated and joined up and you, know, you fed it into the computer with well, a big box of it, so this, you know, heavy box. Um, and although it wasn't very good quality paper, it was quite thin, I, it was just reams and reams of this paper. So I, I I could draw to my heart's content and if it didn't go well, I could throw it away and have another go. And, yeah. And, and another go. So I, I, I just... I had the opportunity to draw as much as I like, and, and I and I did. I took that opportunity, um, and then going forward, I did art O level, and because I'm old enough to be somebody who did <laughs> O levels, and I did art A level, um, and I, you know I was good at it and I enjoyed it, but it it just wasn't something that was presented to me as something that was a career. I never... I, I probably put it in the category of hobby-type things. I mean, I did go to university, and I, I'm trying to remember whether I actually considered doing art or not. And I, I don't I don't think I really did. And I don't think... I don't think it's the school's fault for not sort of pushing art. At all. I just think... I don't think the school pushed anything in particular. I, yeah. don't, I, I don't remember the career service being fabulous at that time. I just... I just think I didn't know anyone who was an artist and I certainly didn't know anyone who was a successful working paying the bills artist so I think if you don't ever see you don't ever see someone doing something you don't really consider it as a thing I mean I guess I mean obviously the art teachers were working in the art area but I I didn't really want to be a teacher to secondary school children (laughs) (laughs) I can't think of anything worse (laughs) so uh, so you know I just it was never really a a consideration of, of going into art at that stage in my life
0: no you carried on and went into a career doing something else sciencey i think weren't you
1: yeah i was well i i I went into environmental health i so i did a sort of sciencey degree i did biology and food science uh, trained in environmental health did that for a few years um then um met my husband we had children and at that point sort of made the decision to come out of that for various sort of lifestyle reasons we we needed um my husband had a building company i he needed someone to do the books and the admin and it was a stay-at-home job so that suited me i could do that and then look after the children it meant i didn't have to then be out of the house so it absolutely suited us down to the ground which is what i then did um and uh, various other things along the way. We we've got a small holding, and we still have them. And we, uh, I was you know, looking after sheep and, and <laughs> pigs and chickens and various things. All of which kept me very busy. and Were good, but none of which were to do with art at all.
0: But I understand that the creative juices were still bubbling under the surface at that time. Oh gosh, yeah.
1: I mean, I've always if people ask me, I would say, oh, I, I love art love it I do whenever i can and i mean i have i've dabbled in things over the years i i, I very much like fabrics and sewing i enjoyed i've done patchwork um you know various fabric crafts um and also so when my children started school uh I used to love going in and and bringing a bag of materials or bringing a glitter and my cardboard and, and doing various things with them. And I used to be, be sort of like known as the go-to lady for coming in and helping make stuff and things. And uh, there was a, a couple of different incidents happened while I was um, my children were at school. The first one was they had a pop-up art show. As as all the artworks were hung and I was sort of looking around it, it sort of dawned on me that. There was some very, very good work, and there was some less good work. But it just dawned on me that these were ordinary people coming in—you know, people like me—that were just doing art, but still doing it. That not, not just talking about it or doing stuff with the kids and the crit stick and the glitter. They were actually doing it and bringing it in. And I was actually—I felt quite cross because I thought, "Well, you used to do that, Jerry. Well, you know, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you? Why aren't you still?" Doing it, you know, yeah. why are you fiddling around with the Pritt sticks? You know, we just anyway. So that that was the thing. I, I do remember actually being quite cross with myself that I I sort of let this go. Yeah. And the other thing was, um, and it was completely separately. You know, I was coming in and was doing cards and Christmas bits and pieces with the children, and one of the TAs said to me, um, "Oh, I bet you do some lovely stuff at home, don't you, Jerry? When you're not messing about with the children." And I sort of thought, oh, no, I don't, you know. And it, it, that really dawned on me that I, I just, I just stopped. I, I don't really do anything for myself that I would call proper art, inverted commas. Yeah. And I just think those, those kind of things that started to maybe turn the wheels in my mind that you know kick up the backside. Come on, you used to really enjoy this. Yeah. That sort of was the, was the feeling.
0: Presumably, that was a bit of an impetus for change. I don't know if the change happened right there. Um, but what generally did change to allow you to allow yourself to start producing, do you think?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. It didn't It didn't change straight away. Um, and I, I certainly wasn't consciously looking... For, all right, OK, I need to find something I can... I need to find an art form, because... Um, I don't think things will work like that, do they? Um, So what changed? So so my children got older. They needed less input. Um, I I was sort of approaching 50. Um, Probably, like lots of people, thinking I I need to perhaps do something that's a bit more for me. You know, that kind of... You know, not stop helping everybody else, because, you know, my family still do come first. But maybe you need to just think... I need to I need to put something back to me. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so so it, it didn't happen overnight. So I had probably a little bit more time on my hands. It was little, my children were more self-sufficient. They were doing their own things, needing less input from me. And it, this probably just about coincided with my visit to um, to Bath, and we visited the Victoria Gallery, um, and they had an exhibition on of. Printmaking, and it was—I didn't know it at the time. I—I I, I mean, I, I do linocut now, but I, it was actually woodcuts. But um, it's still the same relief kind of—it's the same relief printing. So it, it's a very similar form. And anyway, so I walked around this exhibition, um, and I was absolutely blown away by these these woodcuts. Um, Just—and oh, I was just oh look at that, look at this. Yeah. Oh, God, at, you know, it was something like. Oh, it was it was amazing. It, yeah. it, it really was a kind of light bulb moment, I and mean, you don't have that very many times in life, do you? It was kind of like I love this. I love this, um which then quickly sort of moved on to I want to try this. Amazing, you know, because I thought, well, I you know I am arty. I I can probably have a go and do this. I probably can. So yeah. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll have a go. Ordered a lino kit off Amazon. Um, Because I thought uh, you you need more equipment for woodcut. Woodcut's slightly more involved. You know, I know you can buy very, very cheaply, very easily. I thought, well, I'll make a start, I'll do that and see see how I get on. So I got this uh, 20 quid kit from Amazon. Had a go, I had a a very small piece, about sort of, uh, oh dear, about the size of a tissue box, that sort of size. Um, Had a go, and I was really crap. So Aww. I thought, okay, okay, okay. I was <laughs> wrong, it's not for me Oh no <laughs> So anyway, so I just thought, okay, well I've had a little go, never mind, 20 quid down the drain, that's a broad problem, put it away um, And I think it was about another year on, for um, various not very exciting reasons, I got it out again And I thought, oh, yeah, do you know, I'll have another go, because maybe I didn't quite give it the proper go the first time and this time, I thought, well, I, do you know what I'll do? I'll I'll copy the design that comes on the pack because it sort of shows you what to do. I'll, I'll copy that rather than trying to do my own thing. I'll I'll copy what it says. So I, I sort of did. I used the the little gouges and the, the lino and, and and did what it said to do. And I kind of it fell into place in my head. I thought, okay, oh I get it. Oh right, okay. Because I've I've been I've been do I've been treating the, the gouges like a pencil and trying to draw outlines and it, it just and I it hadn't for some reason it hadn't occurred to me that wasn't quite the way you approached it. Yeah. You need to sort of carve in light and, and dark, you need to yeah. carve away and it but this time so following following a good example it, I sort of thought, oh, okay. oh, I see, I see it, okay, yep, got it. Oh, brilliant. Right. So after that, there was no stopping me. I I just I just kept going. I think I made Christmas cards for everyone that year with, with lino. Yeah. And everybody said, oh, this is a, this is a different, Are you doing lino now. Yeah, so, you know, so it was it was good, it was very good. Um, and it started to just work a bit bigger and do a bit more and a bit more. And then, of course, you know, you suddenly realise that the tools you're working with are not very exciting, and you need to just upgrade a bit, you know, and and you gradually buy a bit more yeah. interesting inks, and and it, it's, it's it's very it's a very easy hobby to get into, because you can start very basic, but actually, you know, a, you do need bit of the good kit helps yeah it's like anything you know the the sort of the the better quality kit yeah does help you on your way so yeah it it was very good
0: so with kit in mind tell me a bit more about your process of working and how you've kind of developed that or honed your craft over the last not very many years not very many years
1: (laughs) no okay so well okay the tools are the main thing that allow you to um to carve better really really good sharp tools um, allow you to uh you know make very decisive lines there's and then the other side of that is is the lino i mean I, I've, I've started off in in the pack that i got for 20 quid was some sort of horrible um very rubbery um i think it's soft cut lino and it it's rubbery you you can cut in and, and you get a sort of a tail left and you've got to sort of then clean clean off so I've said I've since then moved on to Japanese vinyl which is what I nearly always use at the moment so that's not the traditional people think about lino well, there's a grey lino with a hessian backing it's, it's not that that I traditionally use um, I use the Japanese vinyl which I find um, is a good a really good texture it's slightly slippery on the top but it, it it carves nicely and it holds it holds the image very well. So so that that sort of thing, you know, the fi- finding, working through, finding the mm. um, the liner that worked best for me was important. You know, the good tools and also um, upgrading from um, the ink that I initially used to a finer quality, runnier ink. That's um, the one I've stuck with all the way along i mean, I, I'm I'm very happy with the ink that I use. I have it's a water based ink, but I have dabbled in oil based, but I'm I'm not a huge fan of the oil based. I, I, I prefer to go back to my my water based. Mm. Yeah. But uh, also it the other thing I've needed to do is to look at how I um I treat subjects for lino cut because the type of lino I do um I try to pare down an image so that it's sort of in a, in a, a basic form so that it's not... Like in a, if you're doing a painting, you'd try and maybe include all the tones. If you're doing a sort of a brown butterfly, you'd include all the sort of... Yeah. Sort of maybe 17 different browns mm. to, to do the different tones and you, you'd sort of grade them. In linocut, the way I work, I try and see how few colors i can actually do something in with it still being rendered and recognizable as what it is wow so i'm always thinking how how can i pare that down how can i use fewer colors um it, it sounds a bit strange but it i i it's the way i, I like to work to really kind of because it each down. each
0: color is a different it's a different
1: layer yeah yeah, yeah. So, I mean, some people don't. Some people do very, very painterly lino cuts. Um, there's um, a lady who taught me the, the method that I use called Alexandra Buckle. She, um, her very recent work is, is very painterly and she, can, she, she does... Um, you know beautiful grades of colour and, and that then it, it, it's you would have a job to tell it wasn't a painting right. mm. um, I'm sort of veering in slightly the other direction I, I just want I, I really like lino cuts that look like lino cuts Sure. I like to see some of the working lines that are sort of very characteristic of the lino cut um, and I, I just like I like them to look sort of blocky big areas of colour um yeah 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 I know Just, what you mean I I it's hard. I don't I'm not very good at talking about <laughs> well that's cuz you do it, it. you uh, do yeah, it I, I don't verbalize it yeah, so, yeah. no that's cool so uh, yeah that's how I try and work yeah.
0: yeah if you've heard me banging on about the creativity found collective on this show but are still not sure what it is or if it's right for you why not jump onto a one-to-one online coffee chat with me and we can talk about your small business and how the Creativity Found promotional and networking membership could help you and your enterprise to thrive. Visit creativityfound.co.uk slash join us or click on the link in the show notes to sign up and book a date and time for us to get together. See you soon. With the red kites screeching overhead, and just before the rain came down, I asked Gerry where she got her inspiration.
1: I start with photographs. Um, I, I'm i out and about. I live right in the countryside. I'm out and about all the time with the dogs. Um, I, I've nearly always got my phone, which has the camera on it with me. Um, so I'm always looking for shapes Uh, light shadows I I, I love plants I love plants I love gardening I love flowers particularly Um, natural forms seed heads you you name it I I love anything that's natural so then I've got this sort of stream of photos on my phone Um, and I'll I'll have I'll have a thing you know and I do I work quite closely with the seasons so if if you know we're autumn now so I will be trying to think Oh, you know, autumn print would be lovely i mean the one the print i've just done um is some autumn seed heads um so you know i think it's, it's quite nice to work closely with with the season because yeah if you're sort of putting stuff up on instagram people don't really want to see snowdrops in August, sure. you know which is what i've just done but, uh, <laughs> but I'll, I'll gloss over that one <laughs> anyway so yeah it's quite nice to be to be seasonal so so once i've got all these photos on my phone um then I it, it's it's then it's coming up with a composition so that that is hard I have I do I, I don't struggle with it but I, f- I find you've got to work to get a good composition because it's quite easy to sort of just think oh I'll do a poppy seed head in the middle of the picture that's it and a black background great but that's not hugely interesting so you you've got to work to make make sure you've got you know Maybe three seed heads, and are they are they lined up? Are they um, asymmetrical? And then, what, what's going to be in the foreground? Is it going to be semi-realistic um, in like a hedgerow setting, or are you just going to focus on? So, all those sort of things you've got to you've got to come up with an answer for. Um, so, I'm not I'm not sort of somebody who just takes a picture of a setting I thinks right. I'll paint everything that is in that photograph. I'm I'm making my own composition all the time um yeah because hmm. it, it's, it's quite it's it's challenging and I, and also I am somebody that wants to rush that stage because i don't i don't enjoy the <laughs> composition stage I, I need to enjoy it more because it is makes the whole thing work if it's good so i need to, I do need to start so i will just i will just get out the pencils i draw i know what size print I'm gonna make usually or I know what Thing so I've got the size the piece of line now I usually draw around it in pencil on my bit of rough paper and I'm thinking right that's my composition that I need to fill in that rectangle Mm -hmm. Um, and I draw it right out to the right size and I keep on drawing and rubbing out drawing and rubbing out adding bits in until I'm happy with that composition then I will trace it back because then it has to be um, flipped to go on the line. Maybe, okay. because, uh, it doesn't you don't always have to. I mean, I because nobody's going to say oh that poppy seed head is the wrong way round because clearly it doesn't make a difference. Yeah. But if it was writing, it would you, yes. you know, it would make a difference or if it was a familiar landmark, it would probably make a difference. So so you know, it in with most of my work it really wouldn't matter whether it was flipped backwards or not. Yeah. But uh, it's something to bear in mind. Yeah. So yeah, so transfer it onto the lino, and then um, I'm ready to start the exciting bit, which is the carving.
0: Because obviously, you have to have that drawing because you can't rub out when you're carving the lino, can no, you? So it, that it, you've got to be definite.
1: It is an unforgiving process. You you there isn't there's no uh, it's not for wimps. Cutting <laughs> there's no there's no going back. No, so you. I mean, it, it comes in practice—the sort of the um, holding the tools and being careful with the tools, um, you know, not letting them slip away from you. That's that's uh, you know, but sometimes it can happen, and sometimes it still does. Sometimes I cut out a bit and I think, oh, flip, yeah, oh, you know. Um, but usually, you can creatively <laughs> disguise it or um, turn it into a. Something else. Yeah. You, know, you can. You can usually. There are ways around it. Um. You know. It's. It's not. It's nothing's. Nothing's. And at the end of the day, it's only. It's only liner. Yeah. It? You know. It, it, nothing's. Nothing's irreplaceable. So it, you. You can usually work around stuff. I mean, I'm. I'm. I will. I will normally make, not one or two errors. And usually, if if I take you back through all my liner cuts I've ever made, I can. I can point out all the mistakes in all of them. Yeah. But most people wouldn't notice them because they're not looking for them. Yeah. You know. So and I and I don't point them out. No. It <laughs> <laughs> is not, I do not no. something I do because why would I? <laughs> yeah.
0: You started exhibiting and selling work and have been invited to join the Oxford Art Society. Yeah. Um, all
1: of which must have boosted your confidence. Yeah. It did. Well the, the the huge joy with printmaking is that you make more than one thing. So you, you know, you have your liner cut plate and you may have 10 copies of something you may have 100 I mean I I don't I don't I don't work like that I usually make editions of probably 10 15 so you've got these 10 15 copies to to sell to give away to do what to prop the table up with to do whatever (laughs) you like with so I I very quickly thought oh I, I could enter little local art shows so what I did was I I googled all the local town names and put art after them so I did Watlington art, tame art and loads of results came up and and you, most people will find that most towns have an art show, most bigger towns um, you know even if it's something a little pop-up show in a school like I was talking about and most of them don't have a selection process so mm-hmm. you just self-select and if you think your work is good enough you you go along yeah now i remember the, the first one of the first ones i did i had my work framed and everything looks nice when it's framed mm. and turned up and it is my my stuff's about sort of a4 size you can imagine me turning up with these couple of things in the back of my car and saw these big beardy blokes coming in with enormous oil paintings yeah and I suddenly thought, oh, what, what am i thinking what were you thinking jerry you stupid <laughs> woman <laughs> you know these beautiful great oil paintings and i miss me here's my little tiny lino cut you know but it hung and i sold something and i just thought you know it, it's a validation of what i do people some people are prepared to pay money for what i do um and at, at that point, it wasn't it wasn't a huge amount. Yes, yeah. it wasn't. But it, it it was a lovely validation that somebody liked what I did and was prepared to put a hand in the pocket. And I have since learned not to be intimidated by the beardy blokes with their huge oil paintings. <laughs> because because you just think, well, there's something, in art. There's something for everyone. You know that huge fantastic oil painting won't appeal to everyone. Yeah, my lino cuts won't appeal to everyone, but. You know, there's room for us all. You know, so yeah, and it we did feel a bit like imposter syndrome. Like, who who am I to be bringing my? Who am I to be thinking I can sell art? You yeah. know, you silly woman. You know, you and your little scratchy over cuts. But uh, it, you know, as I said, there's room for everyone. So that was so. I'd, I've been doing those. I've been doing local shows quite often. um I googled the Oxford art, and I came across the Oxford Art Society. If you have pictures that are accepted for two consecutive of their shows, you may be invited to join. And I was invited to join, which was a huge, huge, amazing thing. It was wonderful. Um, You know, very, very flattering. And, uh, And so I'm a member now. And, of course, it's sort of stupid... Covid situation, we, we've everything's been not very good at the moment. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, ongoing, there will be shows and there will be exhibitions, and it and it's all very good. Yes.
0: Speaking of ongoing, what are your plans for the future, near or far?
1: The Oxford Art Society, I've just heard their autumn exhibition is going to be online. So I'm just waiting to hear details of how that will um, actually materialise. Yeah. Like a lot of things, things are going online. Um, next spring, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, to be taking part again in Oxfordshire Art Weeks, which is Oxfordshire's big um, big arts festival. Mm. Um, I've done it for three years now, two years with a group at Chowgrove, which was lovely. Which exhibition exhibiting with a the group. Um, there was pottery, woodwork, all, all sorts of things. It was mm. lovely. Um, but this year, next year, so twenty twenty one, I am hoping to do a solo exhibition for Art Weeks, which will be very exciting because it's sort of the first time I've felt I've got enough of a body of work to be exhibiting by myself. Um, hopefully, at home here. Um, we'll see how that pans out. I, I, you know, who knows where we're going to be in May next year. Absolutely, we, 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 everything's uncertain, isn't it? Unfortunately, yeah. But that's that's one of the hopes. And of course, um, I shall throw this in: it, the um, the Royal Academy <laughs> Summer Exhibition is a long term dream of mine. My um, the lady who taught me art, art the taught me the the line of cut that I do, Alexandra Buckle. She has. Um, exhibited at the uh, Royal Academy on more than one occasion, Um, she managed to get one of her very first lino cuts that she ever did in, which of course gave me huge hope for my small offerings. And I've (laughs) entered several times and never been lucky. Um, But it's one of those things that I think is on my to-do list, that one day I will get something... In The summer exhibition is so it's, it's, it's one of the world's biggest open exhibitions, anyone can enter, yeah, for a fee. Um, and you know, you, you get selected and then you go and hang. But I've, I've, I've had one, um, one of my liner cuts got through the initial selection.
0: Wow, I mean, it was very exciting. Yeah. Um,
1: that was last year, um, but this year, nothing, so we'll see, we'll see. That's that's a... Oh, such that's- of a that would be a good brilliant a good thing to put on my CV, wouldn't it? I could I could I could retire happy if that happens. Oh. We'll see. Anyway. Oh, I shall not hold the breath. <laughs> no.
0: There are many, many podcasts out there. It's difficult to know where to start. So for each episode I ask my guests for their recommendations. You're welcome.
1: One of my favourite podcasts is the Fortunately podcast, which is um Fee Glover and Jane Garvey, um, two middle-aged women wittering. I think they would describe it as wittering on about life. Um, they interview people every week, out on a Friday. Um, that's just very, very um, very entertaining, very um, very light, very humorous. So that's Fortunately. And the other, I um, like a bit of True Crime Another, another podcast I like is The Missing Crypto Queen, um, which is all about cryptocurrency and um, intrigue. And it like, sounds like, oh, don't think that's my sort of thing. But it's brilliant. I would really, really ask you to have a listen to The Missing Crypto Queen on BBC Sounds. Okay. It's really interesting. Yeah. Fascinating.
0: Oh brilliant that's brilliant good one. Oh thank you Jerry it's been really really lovely to hear oh, everything you. and to talk to you uh, hear about you and your newfound creative outlet. So how can other people find you and find your
1: work? The best place is probably my website uh, www.jerrycolsprints that's a jerry with a g and a y dot uh, co dot uk so from there you'll be able to see all the other links to my stuff i have a i have an etsy shop which is also jerry coles Prints. i'm on an instagram and facebook but if you go to my website that will give you all the links to everything else.
0: Oh brilliant Jerry thank you so much. It's been lovely to uh, visit your studio and chat and oh, it's um, been lovely
1: to chat with you. It's been nice to it's nice to tell somebody all about all about what I do.
0: Brilliant. Thank you ever so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Creativity Found. If your podcast app has the facility please leave a rating and review to help other people find us. On Instagram and Facebook, follow at Podcast, And on Pinterest, look for at creativityfound. And finally, don't forget to check out creativityfound.co.uk, the website connecting adults who want to find a creative outlet with the artists and crafters who can help them tap into their creativity. created the Creativity Found website and the collective membership, I had no previous knowledge regarding the technical aspects of making an idea into a reality, a bit like when I started this podcast. I came across Kajabi, which allowed me to build the website so that visitors can easily find the creative classes, kits or supplies they are looking for through pages that look inviting and that showcase my members' talents. Kajabi also handles the membership, my mailing list and newsletters, the online community, taking payments, and it's where I host the Creativity Found Collective online meetups. If you're interested to learn more about how Kajabi can help you run and streamline your small business, you can find an affiliate link in the show notes and receive a 14-day free trial.